Welcome back to The Radical Road. Matt and Jess here, and we're excited. We have a fun episode today. We have a guest with us today. We have Merle Miller. Yeah, so no trucker talk this week. No trucker talk. Well, maybe a little bit. Yeah, we do need to discuss, we need to tell everybody about our... um, Sleeping arrangement? Yeah, our sleeping (laughs) arrangement. (laughs) Well, we've been off the road for a few days now, which the very first day somebody asked me like, so are you ready to go back on the road already? Which I thought was a weird question because we literally were home for like 24 hours and I go, actually, I kind of am. Like, I, it's weird being out of it. Like, it feels like my safe zone now. <laughs> but uh, the sleeping arrangement. Yeah, I'm not loving it because we're waiting on a new mattress. We have a mattress that um, is factory. And I shouldn't complain because it's new. But, um, you know, when you have two people sleeping in a full-size bed every night i'm not sleeping the best i wake up quite a bit but we joke because we you know i pretty much try to lay on top of him (laughs) so that i can sleep but then he turns around he's like a flamingo he puts his knee way up in my back yeah it's only on the one side too i think (laughs) because i'm up against a wall and you know so if i'm facing the wall i can't put my leg out because she's right behind me. But when I turn over, the leg comes out and I'm like, I sleep like a flamingo. Yeah, you do. But then, you know, now we've been home for a few days. We're in a king size bed and I mean, it's so dreamy. It's really, (laughs) it's really nice and everything. But, um, I said, she sleeps like a gunshot victim. (laughs) It looks like somebody shot her and she just fell on the bed because she's just sprawled out all over the place with her mouth wide open. And it just looks funny, but whatever. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a good morning person. So we get up early when we're trucking. And so when we get up, I, I will instantly be like, you were moving way too much last night. I didn't sleep at all. <laughs> so anyway, I'm but, not real good about starting our day out. But, Am that, I? but that's been our big excitement <laughs> is sleep. But you guys want to hear realness? That's realness for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's been, oh, I've washed my truck and I spent time with my daughter and it's pretty boring. The road's <laughs> much more exciting. <laughs> I see. I love both. I love being at home and I love being out on the road too. So it's, it shakes it up. Yep. Shakes it up. But what we really want to talk about is Merle today. Yep. Merle. I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. He has the best stories. Yeah. And plus I had my giddy up this morning. <laughs> Way to go. Your giddy up. You got Way- your giddy up on. <laughs> Way to put the hitch in your giddy up. Right? <laughs> so for all of you that don't know what giddy up is, it's... Uh, a nutritional drink that Matt and I take every single morning and it gives you incredible amount of focus, energy, and boosts your immune system. It has all the vitamins you need on a daily basis, but it's in a drink form. A couple of swallows and it's gone. We like it chilled in the fridge, um, but you don't have to buy any pill form vitamins anymore. You just drink it. Yep. So. Yep. So go to our Instagram, order some giddy up, you get yes. a discount by mentioning us. There's a discount code and a website on our Instagram story um, 
called Giddy Up. Yep. So, yeah. You like how I did on that? On our highlight. You like how I did that? Yeah. Way to squeeze that, that in there. Anyway, <laughs> um, so how we know Merle. Back in 2016, I was confronted and asked to be on the Trump campaign in Iowa. And Merle also was on the same campaign. And we met. There was a group of us that became really tight. There's probably eight of us that really got along well. And we became really tight. We were the cool kids. And we were called the cool kids. Yes. <laughs> Everybody we, wanted to be where the cool kids were. We, we were proud of that. We were the cool kids. Yeah. How, how did we get branded by that anyway? I'm not real sure. I, I'm wondering if... I'm not sure if Tana Tana started yeah, that. It might have been Tana yeah. or Hupke or something. Yeah, yeah, one of them on our crew. Well, you are cool. <laughs> we were the fun cool. Oh kids. yeah, yeah. We had so much fun. Yeah, it was a blast. But yeah, it, and the first day that I met him. So here we are. Um, we're in Burlington, Burlington, Iowa. Burlington, Iowa, and we we worked the speech, and then the cool kids went out to dinner afterwards. Big muddies. Big Muddies? Big Muddies. Yeah. Down on the fun. river. And Ooh, that place is cool. Yeah. yeah. And so they set us at this long table and um, the waitress was already coming around and she's like, um, can I get your guys' orders? And Merle's standing at the side of me talking, um, having a conversation. And mind you, I have not really even had a conversation with Merle. We were introduced quickly, but we hadn't had really a conversation. We were and all busy working. At the, we're, yeah. yeah, we were busy working. And so anyway, I was seated next to him. He was standing up and I was sitting and I was ordering. Um, it was my turn to order. So I order with the waitress and what can I get you, honey? She says, so I tell her and she's like, oh, so are you all in separate checks? And I said, I'm on his check. <laughs> and I point towards Merle. <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, you little shit. <laughs> he goes, I like you. I like you. You're a lot like me. You're ornery. <laughs> true. Did you say that? True. Exactly. True story. <laughs> true story. And we We've bonded. We've been friends. You've been my sister ever since. That's right. Yeah. We bonded instantly. Yeah. It was like this instant connection. Yeah. Um, well, welcome, Merle. Hey. Yeah, welcome. It's a pleasure thank to be you. sitting with you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, great to see you guys, too. I mean, gosh, uh, you've been on the road for a, what? Three weeks? Two and a half it's, weeks? It's been like a month. Month? Yeah, Maybe. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We've seen you. Yeah, yeah it's been at least a month yeah. since we've talked. Well, we've our last pit yet. stop was in Salt Lake, and that's been over a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we've, we've been burning it up out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing the country, doing lots of good things. Yeah. yeah. Doing lots of good things. And so, and because we've talked about this on past episodes, Merle is actually the man behind connecting us to... Nate and Janine King that own King Brothers, who we work for. So Merle is actually the uncle to Janine. And he was the one that we went to dinner with. Um, you've heard the story if you've listened to our past episodes that that's how we found um, Kings, that God divinely used Merle to direct us to Kings. Amazing how God works. I mean, sitting at the dinner table that night when you guys were telling me what you were thinking of doing, the honest to God truth is I thought you had a job already lined up and all those kinds of things when you said, well, I'm not real sure, but, you know, maybe driving a red truck or something. I'm, I'm not sure how this all happened, but it's a God thing. I swear it is because I'm thinking <laughs> yeah. you have to call Nate. Seriously, he's looking yeah. for drivers. You're looking for a home. Yeah. 
I don't know what color his trucks are, but I know yeah. he's got all different colors of trucks. And just so happened that he was had the red truck on order had her on order and you you all i mean this doesn't happen seriously you all right. know this uh a new new person comes on board with the company gets a brand new truck typically the senior drivers get the new trucks and the new people get the used trucks and it works its way up the ladder but you know yeah god bless you for doing it seriously yes uh, yeah and that's right and we had mentioned that in one of the episodes that we felt really blessed that Nate gave us that opportunity. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. My, uh, how I met Merle, because obviously I came later in the equation because we met. It while, was a, while we were campaigning. Yeah. Like towards the tail end of the campaign. But I don't think it was, it was probably another seven, eight months after that before I even met Merle. Um, we met for dinner. Chris Hupke and Merle. Yeah. 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 And of course, you know, you sit down with somebody and you have immediate impressions and everything. But I, I, I remember I walked away and I was like, I'm not really sure what to make of these guys. <laughs> like, I think I need a feeling out period. Like, we need to get together more. Like, I'm not sure what's happening. You know, that's the thing is like, the more time I spend with you, the more I'm intrigued by you. <laughs> you know, you just li live such a, like a big life, you know, like you've lived a big life. You've got amazing stories and even better, you tell them so well. So, and you have also said to others when we, when Merle comes up in conversation that he's now family to you too. Yeah. I mean, we feel very close. There's a yeah. tight, tight yeah, connection here, but I love just sitting down and listening to him. Like, you but, know, my wife talks a lot. I can tell a good story. But, you know, I feel like I'm at another level when I'm sitting with Merle. Like, he tells <laughs> stories so well. But yeah, I don't know, the thing I love about you most, though, is that, you know, you have a business. You run this business that's pretty good size, and it takes up a lot of your time. Yeah, why don't you tell us the name of your, if you don't yeah, mind? No, no, yeah. Hawkeye Brokerage Center. I started that back in, uh, gosh, 1987. April 1st, actually, to be honest with you. And then the market promptly crashed in October, my very first year in the business. Actually, let me back up a little bit. I started in the investment business in 1987, then started my own company in 1990. So I started in April of 87. And then three years later, I started Hawkeye Brokerage Center in January of 1990. And then promptly in May of 1990, Persian Gulf War. So I thought, okay, I'm never changing jobs again. And I never did. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here I am, you know. Yeah. Just and now you have a team of advisors under you. Yeah, yeah. There's about yeah. 60, 60 advisors throughout the country that we clear a lot of their trades, all their trades, I guess, in our office yeah. in Iowa City. That's amazing. But my point that I was trying to bring up was, you know, he's a very savvy businessman. And I appreciate that. But you're so giving of your time, too. And I love that even more. Like you're so invested in politics locally and on the national level for a little while. And then you're heavily involved in women's softball too. Um, I'm just like, how's this guy find the time? <laughs> yeah, you're very well balanced. You know, to be honest with you, I, I've never been one to sit around much. I just can't. Yeah. I can't do it. I've tried to do it. I can't do it. I mean, I have to have. I feel like I have to have a purpose in life every day. And so for me, 
Somebody gave me a chance way back in the day uh, when they hired me at Stutzman's, 19, what, 77, I guess it was. So for me, softball is kind of an outlet that it's, it's a hobby that's turned into a monster that I just hanging on by the tail. <laughs> and I've, you know, I feel so blessed, really, honestly, the kids are amazing, amazing. Last year was my 18th year. This weekend, we'll start in our 19th season. And there's only four kids that didn't get a scholarship in 18 years. Wow. And that's what's Ooh. cool is you just had your big yeah. um, college exposure camp yeah. and you already have had girls that are verbally committing. Yeah. And There was 195 kids showed up at our camp uh, this year. Most ever it, uh, Minnesota came down. I mean, that's a long ways away to go for a camp. It really is. But yeah. I think it speaks volumes to the coaches that come and work for the camp for me. Absolutely. You know, and the quality of the kids that are there is amazing. Um, two days after the camp, I had two of our kids get scholarships, just coaches seeing them, working with them, talking to them, and those kinds of things. And they just right. give them a scholarship on the spot. And wow. I'm actually talking to a lot of coaches now about other kids, but... I'm not at liberty to talk about that yet until they verbally commit, obviously. Right. right. So there's a lot of things in the pipeline and in the works, but we'll see where it happens there. Yeah. It's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. A lot uh, of work, but a lot of fun. Right. A lot of fun. So, you know, I got to know Merle on the Trump campaign and we just, you know, stayed friends outside of the campaign. We still maintained contact and stayed friends. And this is at a time when I owned my salon and spa and I had this, then I sold the salon spa and then I rented a chair at a different salon and spa um, for a year before we moved to Utah because uh, my daughter at the time was a senior in high school. And so it allowed me more time with her as well. But at that time I had a friend, a very beautiful friend that was also a Christian business mentor to me too through the years. She was extremely successful and owned um, the largest Medi Spa in our area, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And um, she just, her philosophy on business was to serve people. As soon as they walked in the door, it was about serving the customers and the people that came in, making, making them feel special the moment they walked in. And years ago, I remember when I was going through hair school, I went to her and had a service done. And I thought, I want to run my business someday the way she's running her business. I want to treat people this way. I want them to feel this way when they walk in the door. And so I just really latched onto her and soaked every bit of wisdom that she had to offer um, and just met with her periodically through the years. Um, but she became a client of mine as well. And and as a bonus, she was a Christian. Like yeah, she was a Christian, devout a devout Christian, Christian with yeah. full of faith. Absolutely. Yes. She um, contributed a lot of her success to relying on God and letting him be her CEO of her business and surrendering a lot of the stress over to him, pretty much. But she was sitting in my chair one day and... She's like, Jess, you know everybody in town. You know everybody. She's like, you know, I hate this whole dating thing at my age. She's in her 50s at the time. And she's like, I just hate the dating thing at my age. It's all online. And I'm not good at this whole dating thing online. 
she's like, I've got burnt a couple of times um, doing it online. And she's like, I'm really just looking for someone to do life with, to have a best friend and to have some, a companion to just travel with and to enjoy life with. She's like, you have to know someone. And you did. And <laughs> well, my instant reaction was, nah, I don't know anyone. I don't, I don't like to do this whole setting up thing. And I don't, I don't know anyone. And I can't think of anyone. And I just remember after I said that to her out loud, the Holy Spirit's like, yes, you do know somebody. Remember Merle. And I was like, Oh, so anyway, my friend's name was Cindy. And I said, Cindy, I do know somebody. I do. I do know this great guy. I said, and I think you guys are kind of close in age and you're both successful entrepreneurs. You both have strong faith in God. You both have this love for traveling. And um, I go, I just kept naming everything in common. And I was like, thank you, Holy Spirit. All right. And I was like, but wait a minute, let me show you his Facebook and see if you even think he's attractive. I mean, you have to be attracted to people, you know? And she's like, okay, show me. So I show her and she goes, oh, he's cute. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is good. This is good. And Cindy was this gorgeous, beautiful oh, she, blonde. Yeah. What did she Merle? Amazing. Amazing. Absolutely yeah. stunning. Yeah. Just, and so humble. And so humble. Not, had no idea. I mean, not seriously. a vain, no. materialistic no. person, but she loved to look beautiful. She loved to carry her health, herself um, sharp. Um, it was important to her to look on point, but she was very humble in it. Um, and, I know. And, and the thing is, I still remember that day because you come home and you tell me about the interaction and everything. And this is not my space. This is not my lane. I am not about fixing people up because all I can think of is if this goes badly, you're going to get blamed for it. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. It just seems really risky to me, but you're like, Oh no, this is going to be perfect. Well, I'm like, because, okay. because right when I, you know, I put her color on her hair yeah, and then I put her under the, a steamer and then I go in the back color room and instantly I get on my cell phone and I'm like calling Merle. <laughs> Merle, what are you doing? Well, what are you doing, you little shit? And I said, <laughs> I'm at the salon. I'm working. I said, but listen, I just have to ask you, are you dating anyone right now? And he's like laughing. You laugh. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well, not seriously. I mean, why? <laughs> and I said, I got a hot blonde for you. I know you like blondes. I got a hot one. And he starts laughing. Well, it was 10 o'clock at night. And you said, you need to call her right now. And I'm like, I'm not calling somebody at 10 o'clock at night for to go out to dinner. Well, Remember? that was later. So I called you during the day and you said, call me later and tell, tell me you know, more about this. So then I called you later and told, told you more about it. I said, okay, Merle, you can't screw this up. You have to call her. You have to call her. Like, she's expecting a phone call from you. She's like, old-fashioned. She's like, he has to call me. And so I'm like, she's looking forward to this call, I'm telling you. And you just laughed. And and then what'd you say to me? You're like... I forget what I said. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it was 10 o'clock at night yeah. when you called me and you wanted me to call her right then. And I go, Jess. 
I mean, we you got to know this. Jess and I get along like brothers and sisters, uh-huh. so we're bantering. Yeah. You know, Jess, I am not calling somebody at 10 o'clock at night for a dinner date. I'm just not. That, <laughs> no, that is not proper. I'm not doing this. I'm she, with you on that. You have to call right now. I told her you. I said, Jess. I was excited. 10, 15 at Well, and you didn't know this, but she was texting me. Oh, she was. And she goes. Oh, he I know I didn't know He that. hasn't contacted me yet. <laughs> That's why I was so pushy about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I get it now. I didn't yeah. know that. But anyway. That's why I was so pushy because I didn't tell you that she had been texting me. Looking, oh, gosh, yeah. yeah, too, yeah. So. But anyway, so, it worked out great. And so then, when did you call her? Well, it, it's just, okay, this is crazy. I run hard. I mean, I run like a dog, but it was like a day or so later. Yeah. I was on my way to Chicago for appointments and the phone rings. And I'm like, oh, darn, I forgot to call her. So she's calling me about some investment things that she had some questions on. And we talked for like 45 minutes, which seemed like five minutes. I mean, seriously, I yeah. mean, we had so much in common. But her schedule and my schedule being so busy, it was like 10 days before we could match up schedules to go to dinner. Yeah. Which- well, and I remember saying to you, okay, to you both, I said, now I've done the legwork. I've set you two up. So just let me know how it goes. Yeah. But if it doesn't work out, don't blame me. <laughs> I, yeah, you did say that. I go, no problem. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yes, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. But then um, the next thing I remember was Matt and I were downtown uh, doing dinner at lunchtime or something on a weekend. And all of a sudden I see my phone ring and it's Merle. I was like, oh, I better get this. So I put him on speaker because so, I knew what it was going to be about. So Matt could kind of hear it because he wanted to be caught up too. And Merle said, Jess, are you sitting down? <laughs> and I said. The most amazing story ever. Why? You can't make this stuff up. Right. You can't make this story <laughs> up. you can't. I said, why? And he goes, I have the best story ever. We had dinner. So then, <clears throat> now you have to tell the story. <laughs> oh, gosh. I get goosebumps when I tell this story. First date. Guys still, yeah, first date. First date. Um, you know, we were going to meet at the restaurant. And uh, so I get there a little bit early, get a booth. And uh, I get this text. Hey, Merle, sorry, I'm running late. I'll be there shortly. And I go, no problem. Take your time. I got a gazillion emails to catch up on. I'll just do two emails and I'll catch up. Just get here whenever you can and and look forward to meeting you or something. Yeah. Well, I'm busy doing emails. Next thing you know, I, there's a tap on the table and I look up and I'm thinking, where in the hell do I know you from? I know, I know you. I swear I know you from somewhere. And she looks at me, kind of cocks her head a little bit and said, we've met before, haven't we? And I go, where? She goes, I, I said, I swear I know you, but I don't know where from. And we're going, okay, university, Iowa, athletics, softball, football, you know, Chamber of Congress, I mean, you know, and everyone was a no. And they're like, hmm, gosh, I don't know. Well, whatever. And she goes, well, whatever. I mean, let's have dinner. And so we sat down and the whole time at dinner, I kept, you know, looking across the table. I'm like, I swear to God, I've met you. I know that I have met you somewhere, but I don't know where. And you know how you rack your brain trying to figure this out. And I know she was doing the same thing. I didn't know it at the time, but. And so, great dinner, phenomenal conversation. I mean, it was just like, it was so effortless. It really was. And after dinner, we were having dessert, and she says, well, I probably should tell you about my life. And I go, yeah, I'd be real interested to know about your life. And she goes, well, she goes, I married my high school sweetheart. 
and I was married for one month and I literally sat straight up in the booth, reached across the table and grabbed her hands and I go, stop talking. Stop talking. I think I can finish the sentence. She's like, what? I go, did your husband get killed in a car accident between Solar and Iowa City on Highway 1 back in 1982? And she goes, well, that guy's name was Gary. I said, Gary was my best friend and that was my semi. And I mean, we sat there and bowled like little kids at, at our very first day. So explain wow. the accident. We're also the audience well, knows more it, about what happened. You know, it's just a crazy story, to be honest with you. Um, I was 23 years old, and uh, one of my friends asked me to borrow some money from me. And uh, this is kind of the backstory, I guess. But And so I'm like, what the heck? He's older than me, and he's trying to borrow money from me. What, what's, what's the deal here? And he had a trucking business, and he was hauling hogs out of the stockyards like we did back in the day. They don't do that anymore, but that's what they were doing back then. And so I went to the guy that owned the stockyards and I said, what's the deal here with, with my friend that's wanting to borrow money from me? And he goes, oh, well, he won't go out of state. He, he can make a lot more money if he'd go out of state, but he won't do it. Why don't, don't loan him any money. Why don't you buy his business from him? I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah. I go, well, how much does that pay? And then he told me everything about it. He goes, if you go to Detroit, that's kosher meat up there. I can get a lot more for the meat. I can pay you for the trucking. Everybody makes more money. I go, all right, let me think about it. A week later, I go back and I said, I think I'll do that. And so I <laughs> went to my friend and I go, I'm not going to loan you any money, but I'll buy your business from you. And he goes, you will? And I go, yeah, what do you owe on it? And he told me. And I'd already went to the bank and did a little research on what the value of his trucks were and that kind of thing. Well, all he wanted was to pay off the debt, which was worth a lot less than the value of his equipment. Mm -hmm. So that I'll just take over your payments. And he go, okay, fine. And, and we did, we signed the paper over and I took over his business. Well, then I was running to Detroit, Michigan four times a week, 625 miles one way, killing myself wow. for about a year and a half. And I'm like, I have no life, you know? Yeah, I literally right. was there at 5 a.m. Monday morning, be back, Iowa, back to Detroit, 6 a.m. Tuesday morning, back up there Thursday morning and Friday morning. Then I'd sleep in a rest area somehow and find my way back to Iowa by Sunday afternoon, do it all over again for a year and a half. And I decided to hire my friend Gary. And I thought, Gary, you can take a load. Then I can take a load and I'll have a life. Perfect. And Gary worked for me for one week. And then we had a short week and Gary was driving the truck, going to Dubuque with a load. And then he was going to come back and I was going to go to Detroit. And actually, that was kind of a one of those deals. I was really supposed to go to Dubuque, and he was going to do, go to Detroit, but we traded so that he could do that, and I could play softball, which I never ever did hardly because I was never home. But and so then Cindy's first husband <laughs> ran into Gary's truck. Cindy's first husband, Brad, was on his way home. They lived in Iowa City mm -hmm. at the student housing because she was going to get her nursing degree. He was on his way from work in Solon back to Iowa City on Highway 1, and he was running late and ran head on into the semi to my semi that my friend Gary was driving and killed both of them. And all I remember back then, I asked the state trooper, obviously that was way before cell phones and all those kinds of things. So, you know, when I found out about it later that night, we obviously drove up there with my buddies. And I mean, the scene up there was, 
I don't want to get into Horrific. all that. I mean, oh, it's graphic. I mean, it was, I mean, you can only imagine a load of hogs tipping over in a semi. I didn't realize your friend Gary passed away in it too. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, both of them killed both of them because he ran under the passenger side is where the impact point was, flipped it over on the driver's side and down the road because there's black skid marks in the northbound lane and, and Brad was coming south, Gary was going north, flipped it over into the other lane and skidded down the road and just peeled everything back and killed him and obviously dead hogs, blood and guts everywhere. I mean, it was, wow. it was the car itself. Um, the back axle was compacted up to the front axle and the impact point was so severe. So, so obviously he was traveling at a pretty high rate of speed. Maybe, I don't know. That's what they said. Yeah. But there was, the remains were. So when this was revealed, this came out in the story at dinner between you and Cindy, what was the reaction? You know, when I, when way. I told her, I grabbed her hand and told her, I think I can finish this story. And when she said, but that guy's name was Gary, I go, Gary was my best friend. That was my semi. And she goes, this is a God thing we have met before. And the only thing I knew was I asked the state trooper that was there. I said, talk to me about this person. Cause I didn't know who it was guy, gal, man, whatever. He goes, well, it was a young kid. 19th birthday, he was married for one month. He was supposed to be home for dinner. I don't think he's going to make it. And so when she said, well, I was married for one month, and on his 19th birthday, I, 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 I don't know what came over me. I don't really know. I mean, I can't explain it. I literally reached up and grabbed her hands and told her to stop wow, talking. Wow, that was the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. seriously, seriously. I mean, I get goosebumps right now just talking about the story. And she wow. would tell every single waiter, waitress, every restaurant we went into for three years before she passed. Uh, so what's so interesting to me is that I felt it was the Holy Spirit that gave her your name. You know, I wouldn't have brought you up probably if it wasn't divine. Yeah. I felt like it was divine that I even thought of you and told her. And then the fact that I felt like it was a divine date, right? It was oh, divine it absolutely was for you two to meet. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I absolutely believe that, Jess, because from that day forward, we were never apart. It was never I mean, it was never an awkward moment. You know how sometimes when you first meet somebody, it can be like awkward silence. That, that never, ever happened, ever, right. you know, in the whole time that we were together. And unfortunately, obviously. So you, you were just meant to be in every area. Just as I was saying earlier, you had so much in common, mm -hmm. didn't you? Mm -hmm. what, yeah. are, what are some things that you two like to do, you, you used to like to do together? I mean, just randomly, I mean, you know, <laughs> just, just remember, I mean, multiple times, she loved to travel. I love to travel. I travel a lot for work. She would always go with me. And it was so cool because I would go to my meetings. She would go by the pool and work because she does a lot of stuff, you know, over the internet kind of things. And so we would catch up in the evening or whatever, right? You know, it just worked out really, really well. If we decided to go on vacation, I mean, we book a flight and be in Florida and the next morning. I mean, it, it, you can't do that if you have an eight to five job. Right. right. You know what I mean? Right. right. But I'm incredibly blessed, far beyond what I deserve. That's a fact. 
you know, and, and so was she. Yeah. So was she. And having your own business, you have some flexibility that you may not have otherwise. Yeah. I can work from anywhere. As long as I have a computer and a phone, I can work. Yeah. And you guys were in the, you both were in the same stage of the game with your businesses as well. And mm. you both had your own sandboxes. Yes. Yeah. She called them her, her sandbox. sandbox. Yeah. yeah. She had a sandbox. That's what we like sandbox. to call it. We would often talked about doing speaking tours, just go out on speaking tours and not necessarily for the money, but just as a, educational workshops to help others yeah. to help yeah. others yeah. you know what's it like to start a business i mean yeah. i can speak from experience it's not easy and she can too and you both um walked out faith together too you yeah, you had um found yeah. a church that you went to church together but you walked out the bible together too mm -hmm. like yeah we just had so many connections that it's hard to explain. Like you said, I think it's a God thing. I really do. I mean, the way we met, even though we hadn't met, we knew it, it was almost like we knew each other for 30 years. You know yeah. what I mean? We just had this immediate connection deep in our soul. I can't explain it. I really no. can't. She was a soulmate. She absolutely was a soulmate. You don't have to explain it, you know, because my position in all this you know, I came later in the game and everything. I'd met you a few times. I met Cindy a few times. Um, but I remember when we got that phone call after your date, I'm like, this is crazy amazing. Like, this is so good. And then, of course, you know, early in relationships, especially with you two, you're spending time together. Not too many other people get to get in the mix, you know, because you're just like, just it's new it's new and exciting and everything but i remember the first time we were around you two it was at a uh tailgating oh yeah, it was, a homecoming game. Game. yeah. was it a homecoming game yeah something like yeah. that yeah and i just remember she had i don't know if it was for your birthday or what it was but you had just gotten a hole in one at a golf course and she had this like box thing made up shadow box like a yeah. shadow box um was we'll it have it <laughs> was it with the flag yeah, yeah, with the flag and a pen and a picture of me by the fan you know i never looked at this thing because i was too busy watching you two and i just like this is real she like, was so excited you guys were looking so adoringly at each other i'm like holy cow this like this is like real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was honestly mad. I'm glad you brought that up. I kind of forgot about that, to be honest with you. But I don't know. It was just, I mean, I respected her so much, so tremendously. And, and I think she did me too. I don't know. I mean, for all the things that she did, for God's sakes. I mean, just yeah. little things that, like, oh, where did that come from? Wow, that's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Just, um, we both had our own lane but we had her lane together. Yeah. I don't know how to explain that. It yeah. just was because she would so call healthy. me. She worked so a lot healthy. of late nights. So did I. And so usually around 830 or so, she'd call me. She'd say, hey, do you have dinner yet? No, I'm just getting ready to leave the office because I knew you were working late. She goes, well, let's meet somewhere. Where do you want to meet? I don't know. You know. No, you pick. No, you pick. <laughs> okay, flip a coin. Here we go. We do that, Matt, don't we? Yeah. We do that. Yeah. You're the king of indecisiveness. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> but no, just a, I, I don't know, just a phenomenal, phenomenal relationship. And, and um, God, I miss her terribly. And then obviously. Well, so when we moved to Utah, 
We yeah, lived in Utah. You moved to Utah like a month after we met. Yes. Yeah. And then it was a while, you know, we'd lived in Utah for a while. And then all of a sudden we get this random phone call from Merle and Cindy, um, all excited to tell us. We were one of the first to know um, you had announced yeah. that you were getting engaged. Yeah, we got engaged in was that Cabo, Cancun? actually. Oh, Cabo. Cabo. Mm-hmm. So yes. tell us about the proposal. She had a property in Cabo, and so we liked to go down there. We were there, oh, I don't know, three, four, five times maybe. Uh, and, yeah, it was super, super exciting. And we went to her favorite restaurant. Oh, my God, I couldn't hardly pull this off. She's so sneaky. <laughs> Damn. Ornery as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I talked to her dad and mom about, you know, a what their thoughts were about us getting married and all that kind of stuff. And her dad obviously was super excited, which I'm old fashioned, you know, yeah, I think yeah. it's just the right thing to do anyway. So we were going to Cabo. So I decided to do this and I hunted for two months for a ring. I could not find the ring that I wanted. I kind of had a vision in my head, but I just couldn't find it. And so I went to Cedar Rapids one more time thinking, okay, I got to get this before we go or else it's not going to happen there. It'll have to happen later. But I really wanted it to happen there because her favorite restaurant is there of all time. And so I found this ring. I was just about to ready to walk out the store, and I looked at this ring, and it had a band with a circle around it where the diamond was in the middle. And for whatever reason, it just kind of, that's it. it you was know what I mean? Broader life, stunning. full circle kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. And so we stunning. did that, and then obviously... Uh, got engaged at a favorite restaurant, but in Cabo, <laughs> we were there, and I said, well, "Why don't we go to Mona Lisa's for dinner?" And I don't like Mona Lisa's, and I go, "Yes, you do. You love that place. It's my favorite restaurant, but I've been there so many times. Oh. I, I'm not sure." And then she'd kind of wink at me, like, "Whatever." And I'm thinking, "You little shit, you. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know something that I don't know? I mean, because I'm hiding my ring in my pocket because I'm afraid she'll go through my luggage because she usually did." Put her stuff in my bag. She probably saw it's not that ring was not small. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we're trying to figure out because our biggest decision of the morning was which beach chair and which dinner. That was it. Yeah. We didn't move yep. all day yeah. long. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out a day to go to Mona Lisa's. And she's like, Well, I want to try a new restaurant. I'm like, okay, let's do a new restaurant tonight. How about tomorrow night? Well, I don't know about tomorrow. We'll wait for them. And then she'd kind of look at me and wink at like, well, I, I, you know, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> so we got up like the third morning there and she's like, I really want to find a new restaurant. And I go, which one? She goes, I don't know. I go, we'll find one. Then tomorrow night we're going to Mona Lisa's. No, I don't know if we're going to do that. <laughs> So I'm on my phone, I'm, she's over there and she goes, well, gosh, they don't have any reservations. I really wanted to go there, but they don't have any reservations. This looks fun. Well, they don't have any reservations. So I just made a reservation at Mona Lisa's for seven o'clock. I go, well, I've just booked us for two at Mona Lisa's for seven o'clock. And she goes, you did? And I go, yeah, it's on open table here. So here, she goes, oh, okay. Well, I can quit looking then. <laughs> And so, but, but that's the relationship we had. Yeah. I mean, you know, if she wanted to do it. She just did it. If I, I mean, you know what I mean? We just kind of did it. Yeah. It wasn't really. You had fun doing it together. Yes. 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 So did she know something was up? No. No? No. Totally shocker. No. 
you when were just I got over, there, you were overthinking it. Oh my God, I was nervous as a, uh, you know, what in church, I mean, to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I took, I carried it around with me in my pocket because she would go through my stuff because she had her stuff in my suitcase. I couldn't yeah. keep it there. I couldn't keep it in the lock safe at the right. hotel. And so she'd always try to put her hand in my pocket. You know, for some reason, just to pick on me. And it was good, but I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> You're like. Uh, but it was so fun. But no, she didn't have a clue. But when I got there. I got to keep that woman's hands off me. <laughs> <laughs> I We walked down and got this table. It's on a stair step down right on the ocean front. And it, most gorgeous setting ever with the sunset behind us. And as you go down the steps, it's it's probably 50 steps down. It's a long ways, but every five or 10 steps, there's a little enclave off to the side of these steps. And there's a table for two or four. So we had one of those little tables. How intimate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And candlelight, the whole nine yards. So I, as soon as we sat down, I told her, I said, well, I got to go to the restroom. So I'm going up there because I see a guy with the camera walking around taking pictures. Oh. I'm like. Dude, you got to come down here. Of course. You know. Yes. And then I gave him my phone. I gave the waiter my phone and turned the lock off so he could take pictures in case the camera guy didn't get there. And then when I walked back down, that's when so I proposed awesome. and it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And, yeah. I, and I felt so honored that you called and said, well, because you introduced us, we felt like we wanted to share it with you. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I felt so honored in that. And we were thrilled. We were yeah. thrilled. We got, we call them God bumps, goosebumps, God bumps. Mm. We felt like God was in, had his hands all over in New York oh, City's relationship. Did. Absolutely did. So, but because we're talking in past tense about Cindy, mm -hmm. um, explain to our audience why we're speaking in past tense. The next phone call that I had received from you yeah. is not the good news that no. we had about the engagement. Well, it was, uh, let's see, like our, what was our last trip to Cabo? So it would have been about a year later after our engagement. Um, obviously, she runs really hard in her business, and Christmas is always a big time of the year. And so do I. My business, you know, usually from October through tax time is kind of the busy time of the year. But January a little bit, we take a little bit of a lull, and it starts up again in February through tax time. But anyway... And uh, we're sitting there right before Christmas, and she's stressed to the gills at home here, just with everything going on. And I go, why don't we go to Cabo for a week or two weeks? And she goes, I've never taken two weeks off in my life. And I go, why are we doing this? And what are we working for? Right. We can both retire. What are we doing here? And she goes, well, I don't know. Why? And I go, you're stressed to the hilt. I'm running like a dog. Why don't we just take two weeks off in January? So it'll be after Christmas, after New Year's. It'll be before Hot Valentine's because that's another busy time for you. Like the second week in January. Let's take the last two weeks in January and, and go to Cabo. She goes, well, I don't know. I, I got this. I got this. I got this. And I get on my phone and I'm looking at flights. She goes, I don't know if I could move this. And, she, and I'm like. Okay, if she gave me an opening, she said if she could move that, <laughs> she'd give me a crack in the door. Right. You know, so I just booked two flights to Cabo. Mm -hmm. 
she goes, I don't know if I can move this or not. And she's talking loud, loud, trying to figure out, you know, and I hit the send button and I lay my phone down. She goes, what are you doing? And I go, I just booked us two flights to Cabo. She goes, you did? When? You're locked in, darling. (laughs) She goes, well, I guess I have to change these now, don't I? And, you know, we laughed and I go, well, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) So for the end of January. Way to take lead, Merle. You know what? I I just, you know, you got to make decisions and go sometimes in life, you know. Not it's, that I need to be the boss or anything like that. That wasn't it at all. That's what I just, men need to do these days, right? Well, the but, young men. Yeah. They need to take lead like that. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's a team effort. It yes. really was a team effort. Yes. I just knew she was so stressed and needed a little R&R. Right. Yeah. I could just tell. Right. And, I mean, she thanked me profusely for that, you know, the next couple of weeks. But And then it was great. But while it was in – we ended up going to Cabo. It was our last – day or so there we had friends come down we were out to dinner at our favorite place mona lisa's and after we got done eating sitting around having a great conversation all of a sudden she just doubles over and she goes oh my god what is that i don't know what's going on go, what's going on let's go to the and she goes my stomach what what let's go to the emergency room no 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 Hated doctors, would not go, absolutely refused to go. Stubborn, but, you know, I don't know that it made a difference. But so we went back to our property, and uh, obviously she didn't want to go. I said, well, let's go home then. We're going to go home. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're hurting and you won't go to the doctor here, she goes, I don't want to go to that doctor in Mexico. I go, then we're going home. And um, she goes, home well, we're, I'm not going we're going back the day after tomorrow anyway. Why don't we just wait a day? And I go, let's not do that. Let's go right now. Mm-hmm. So we kind of bantered back and forth. And So you must have thought it was something kind of serious if you're like, this seems more like a more than a stomach ache. Yeah. Like you really got the sense. You know that- how you just get the feeling that, oh, God, what is this? Yeah. But you don't really want to know, but you want to know. Yeah. And of course, she's Googling and she goes, I think I have gallstones. I think that's what it is. I just think it's what it is. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. But then the pain was so bad. So we went down to see the doctor on site. And God, he had 10 people sitting in there. And she goes, I'm not sitting in here. I got, I'm going back to the room. And I'm yeah. like, well, just, can't we just, you know, at least have somebody look at you? Nope, nope, nope. I don't. So when we got home, then she didn't go to the doctor the first day, which I was really, you know, it's my bad. But she goes, you go to work, I'll be fine. I'm going to go to the doctor and it'll be fine. I'll let you know how it goes. I go, are you sure? And she goes, yeah, I'm fine. I feel good this morning. And I go, okay. So the next morning I could tell she was in a lot of pain having a coffee here in the morning. We always come out here and sit on our deck. And I go, are you good? Are you okay? Because she was really restless all night. And uh, she goes, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I go, are you going to the office? And she goes, I really need to go to the office. I have to go to the office today. And I go, how about if I just drive you in? Can I drive you in? Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. We didn't go to the office. On the way to Cedar Rapids, I go, what's, your, what's the address of your doctor? And she kind of looks at me and she goes, why? And I go, we're going to go see the doctor. You didn't hardly sleep at all last night. I can tell the way you're walking around. You're trying to be tough. I know. 
let's just go figure out what this is. Yeah. All right. All right. And, and never didn't argue or nothing. And we went to the doctor and they kind of looked at her and they said, well, this sounds like a little bit more than a stomach flu. They did an MRI and sent her home. No medication, no pain medication, nothing. And on the way home, it's like just excruciating pain. So we, I said, well, this is crazy. What are they doing here? They didn't give you anything. She goes, I got to stop and get some Advil or get some Tylenol or something. This is, this is, I don't know what this is, but this is. And her pain threshold was pretty high. Well, we know more than got home. We get a phone call. Hey, come back. We need to do another MRI with contrast. And um, so we did. And uh, that's when they found out she had pancreatic cancer. You know, that was tough. That was like, you talk about getting hit between the eyes. That was tough. I mean, I'm That's a pretty positive kind of a guy, but I kind of, to be honest with you, that kicked my ass like nothing's ever kicked my tail in my life. Yeah. For sure. And three months later, she was gone. So February 6th was the day she was diagnosed of 2020, and May 19th is when she passed away. And I got to come back in March. Yeah. Um, from and Utah God bless to... you for that. I mean, you don't understand how much that meant to Cindy for you. I was in the middle of COVID and everything. Yeah. You got on a plane from Utah and flew back here to see her. That meant the world to her, you know. I'm so grateful. Yeah. That would have been, I would have regretted that if I would not have seen her. Yeah. That was the last time I had spent time with her. And Yeah. Um. So. And when I came back in March... Um, we had a really good conversation, the three of us. And she, she said to me, she said, you know, um, Pearl and I have talked about what we're doing with my jewelry when I pass. And she's like, I was in the bathroom and I have this diamond cross necklace that Merle gave me. And she's like, I was holding it. And I was just thinking, what am I said to Merle, Merle, who am I going to give this to? That would actually, you know, wear it, but not lose it and have it and keep it forever. And, um, and that has faith because the cross means someone that has faith. She's like, I was racking my brain, racking my brain. All of a sudden she goes, Merle, I got it. I got it. We're going to, I'm going to give it to Jess. I'm going to give it to Jess. And I still Mm -hmm. have that cross and I still wear it. I'm really careful about Mm -hmm. where I wear it and when I wear it, but I have it and it will actually go on to my daughter then because my daughter's a woman of faith as well, but because it's going to be important that that's going to be the history behind the necklace is women of faith are the ones that are going to wear that necklace because that was important to her. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I, you know, I just felt so honored that she only had one daughter and then Merle has daughters and, the other jewelry went to them, but that she, that she thought that much of me as a friend. Jess, you were a big part of our lives. I mean, seriously. Um, I mean, we would talk about you and Matt a lot, just, but we never got the chance to really get together that much. Obviously, you were in Utah, right. you know, yes. soon after we met and the all that kind of, of stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, but yeah, you were always in our hearts and minds, that's for sure, because without you, obviously, we wouldn't have ever connected, which is amazing. I mean, yeah. I, my business has been in Iowa City for 30 years. She lived in North Liberty, Iowa City for a lot of those years. And we never crossed paths, ever. 
that we can think of other than, you So know, that just tells you it was divine. It, it was totally was. God lining it up. Absolutely was. And, you know, we, we have talked, you and I have talked, you know, we're connected forever. We've been Absolutely. connected since yeah. the campaign, but now we're even more bonded um, as family. We don't even call each other friends. We call each other family. But I think the one thing you and I've had conversations and we're like, why, why would this happen? I mean, we all know none mm. of us are promised another hour, right? Mm, no. Let alone another week or another month. Right. And that's really in your face now with what's happened to Cindy that we really need to um, live a life knowing where will we end up after this life on earth, mm -hmm. right? And where does our faith stand? And living a full life here on earth, that's impactful. Um, she impacted so many people. Oh, You've God. impacted yeah. so many people, but just leaving a legacy. And she's the prime example of leaving a strong legacy and who she is. And um, it's so beautiful. Um, and that's, what I hope for, what you hope for, right, Matt? Yeah. We've talked about this in other episodes, but we ask why. And really, truly, I think we both felt like, you know, you were there for her in the end. Mm -hmm. You really took care of her. You were such a good caretaker for her. And you stood by her side. You helped her with her medicines. You helped her. Oh yeah. Just be comforted. Like bathing the whole nine the yards end. when she couldn't yeah. do that anymore. And she refused obviously to, well, we didn't want her to go into the home or anything like that, but you know, I mean, we talk about this and for the longest time, I mean, Jess, you know, I've talked about this, Matt, uh, the why thing. And, and I, why we were only together for three years. Well, after all these years, then we were together and it Find was almost mate. made in heaven kind yeah. of thing. And then boom, gone. I mean, right. but I do believe absolutely with all my heart that if I wouldn't have been there for her, I think she would have went through that journey by herself. And that, that I'm, nobody should have to do that. I'm telling you, nobody should have to go through that process in life by themselves when you can't have your family and friends come see you and be in lockdown and all this garbage. I mean, I don't want to get into that, but. Yeah. And, and isn't it interesting how God <sighs> knew exactly what she needed? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and he gifted you with each other, but he did bring her a gift too of you being in her life during that time. And you know, oftentimes we want to blame God. Um, people often go to blaming God with death, but they forget that there's another realm out there, spiritual realm, realm out there that controls that as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the fact that um, God always brings good out of the bad. Like there's always good that comes out of the bad. And you could have sat in this and dwelled on it in depression and been a victim and you have not walked away with that mindset at all. Although you'll always love her. Still wear the bracelet today, every day. Yeah. Since then. 
She'll always be near dear to your phone. That's still her. <laughs> yeah. But no, I will. I will never ever forget her. But obviously, life goes on. But there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about. I don't know. Something will come up, and you'll think about the funny things that you did, or the text you got, or the you know whatever it was. Yeah. But you know, life does go on. Yes. You know. Yes. But. Um, it's a journey. It's a journey. It's, it's a journey. And we're all in this process here on earth. And then you'll meet her one day again. I will. I believe yes. that. I believe that with all my heart. I believe <laughs> that with all my heart. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Merle, it's been so fun hearing this story. I you know, get goosebumps I, every time I tell this story. I swear to God, I do. And it's been, what, five years, six years? Six years? Also? Yeah. Seriously, but well, it's a story it's that still, needs to be shared and needs to be told because right. it's not one that you hear every day. Right. It's such a divine story and yeah. it's I mean, very just, unique. Yeah. You can't make this stuff up. I mean, just the way we met, but hadn't met 30 years earlier and then met and the connection that we had, right. you obviously were a big part of putting that together with the, the yeah. big fellow upstairs, I like to call it, but yeah. <laughs> Well, and I love that because we're in the trucking industry right now. Yeah. That you were in the trucking industry when yeah. that original story happened. Right. 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 And you moved past the trucking industry, but when you met her, but just that you were in that industry. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm listen, hooking you guys together with Nate and all that kind of stuff. I, you know, at dinner that night. I just kind of came out. I don't know where it came from, to be honest. The Holy Spirit. It came out. I mean, yeah. just because when you were talking about, uh, like I said earlier, I thought you had things lined up again. And then when you said, well, you're not real sure, but maybe something with a red truck. And I'm like, well, if you're not sure, you don't got nothing going here. Wait a minute here. I know somebody. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, yeah. It's a, that's a cool story. It's a like, I share that one all the time. Yeah. God works in the mysterious ways. Yeah. He ways. sure does. Yeah. He yeah. sure does. I I find it interesting too because I went to your bathroom <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Cindy's still teaching me some stuff. Because there there's stuff in there in the bathroom. And I actually took a picture of it because it says God would not give you the dream in your heart if he did not give you the talents. To make it come true. I'm like, that's got Cindy written all over it. Absolutely. It's still in the house. And Everything like, in this house, nothing has changed. And I just thought it was interesting that I literally go use the restroom before we're going to sit down and tell this story. And I'm like, she's still present, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just so hard, you know, to think about like how you feel, you know, until you go through something like that. I, I, I can't imagine that happening. And to be around you, you're just so positive in everything. I'm sure this is par part, you know, a big part of it is your faith, right? Oh, sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Like, where are you at with that? Like, you question it, you've kind of navigated that. Like, where are you at right now with faith? Well, you know, I don't know that I ever really questioned it, you know, after she passed and that. I didn't, I did wonder why, obviously, right, you know, right. just, 
you know, I think that's just the human side of it, the human nature of us. It's like, my God, can this be possible? I mean, you know, just such a short time. What What's the purpose here? What's the Where's the rainbow in all of this? And I think I found the rainbow. Seriously, I really, yeah. I mean that when I say right. this. Um, not because of me or whatever, but I, I really think she would have been alone yeah. if I hadn't. If the if timing we, was different. If we hadn't met. I really and do believe know, she would have been alone because her parents, not trying to diss anybody or anything, I mean, they, would, they wouldn't come see her. Her sister never came to see her one time, not one single time. I mean, to me, that is off the charts amazing. I don't care how what is going on but if my kids were in this situation i would be over there almost every single day i swear to god yeah. i would be yeah yeah well and then uh, you know the question goes you know, to so, well why did jesus die then right because you think of how amazing cindy was but jesus was amazing like he was the perfecter right mm -hmm. like he was perfect mm -hmm. and why did god's son have to die Mm -hmm. Right. And think about what he died for. He died for all of us so that we could be forgiven. There's always a reason behind it. And it's like, how, do, how do we sit and think, well, how is that? How is anybody else any better than him? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But Cindy passing has changed so many people for the good too. I think so. Like yeah. there's been vulnerable moments for people through her passing. I mean, she connected with so many people and made so much impact with people that there's been some beautiful stories that come out of that too. So even through the darkest storm, there's always some sun, right? Sure. sure. Yeah. Um, and that she can impact people even when she's left. She was doing it when she was living, but she can do it when she's left. You know, I asked her, it was one of right after we had met, we decided to take a long weekend and go to Florida. It was... Uh, well, see, we met in August, and this was like in November, just before Thanksgiving. We went to Florida for a long weekend. We're on the beach, sunny, beautiful, gorgeous day, chatting about, I don't know, this, that, and the other life. So this would be what, August, September, October, November, three months after we met. And she kind of rolls over in the beach chair, looks at me, and she goes, if something ever happens to me, I want you to do my eulogy. I'm like, What? <laughs> I mean, dead serious. I, I mean, I sit up and I go, what did you just say? I'm serious. She goes, I think you know me better than even my family or anybody that I know. You are the pastor at our church or anything. And I, like, you're serious. And she goes, yeah, I'm dead serious. And so I kind of laugh and I go, I've never done one of those in my life. But I guess, you know, I'm not going to worry about that. It'll be a long time, I hope. You know, yeah. and she goes, no, I really mean this. I'm not joking. And I'll go, all right, no problem. So interesting. You know, I mean, just out of the blue. Yeah. It, and I go, how did you, with all of the things that have happened to you in your life, how did you come to faith? Because their parents are not. Yeah. You know, you didn't grow up with that. So how did you find the faith? And she's like, well, you know, when Brad got killed, um, I didn't want to go back home and live at home. And I could either be mad or I could find a venue to channel my energy. And I went, started going to church and I went to different churches and I ended up at Antioch in Cedar Rapids. 
been going there ever since. And um, I believe I'll meet him someday. I believe he was my high school sweetheart. I believe with all my heart that I will see him someday again. And so that is the faith that I've been living with. Yes. All these years. And so that's how we met. I mean, we believe that yeah. we were, it's a, it's a divine intervention yes. that we met. Yes. I absolutely yeah. believe that with all my heart. Yes. And so did she. Yes. Because there's no way that we would have right. met otherwise. And so her faith was amazing. I mean, it's amazingly positive, so positive, you know. Always finding the positive in things rather than the negative, you know. Was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So one of the last videos I have, because at the end, you and I and Cindy would Marco Polo. Oh, yeah. And one of the last videos that I had, um, she was at one of her appointments. And, you know, because I asked how she was doing, what you guys were doing and how she was doing. And she, and she talked about it briefly, but she instantly turned back. Like she was more worried about me, more concerned and um, happy and happy for me and celebrating me and my victories. And I'm like, here's this woman that's dying of cancer and she's more focused on celebrating the victories with me than she is worrying about what's going on with herself. She's very selfless. Very selfish. And yes. like I said earlier, so humble. I can't tell you how many times she was in the hospital getting the IVs with the chemo and all that stuff. And the phone would ring. And it got to the point where I took the phone away from her, not because I wanted to take the phone away from her, because she would never quit talking to her clients. A client called her and was all distraught about this, that, and the other, and whatever, and had a home life issue. And Cindy was counseling her about, you know, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. The client had no idea she's in the hospital getting chemo. Right. She wouldn't tell her. And I go, why didn't you tell her you can't talk right now? You know what I mean? Right. She goes, oh, you know what? She needed a lot of help. She needed a little to be lifted up. And I just felt like I needed. So it got to the point where when we go to the hospital to do the chemo thing, I would just take her phone and put it on silent. Right. So the phone didn't ring because in my mind, and maybe I shouldn't have, I don't know. I mean... Although she thanked me for it, she kind of missed that. You know what I mean? But I just felt like you need to concentrate on you rather than right. all these phone calls. Because the phone, I mean, obviously, when you're self-employed, it doesn't stop ringing. You yeah. Know? yeah. I mean, heck, I put my phone on silent for this deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you have your own sandbox, which is a great thing, uh, yeah. you know, that's a part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. She was a true example of just... Yeah. Stepping aside, like stepping herself aside to just really impact and think of other people. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have anything else that you want to add before we wrap up? Oh, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> well, we are so grateful that you sat and spent some time with us today, Merle, and absolutely told absolutely. us your story. Yeah. Um, this story will actually impact others greatly, and. Um, just give people a different perspective. Um, sure. There's probably many people out in our audience that may even end up sharing this with other people they know that it can impact and that it can help. That's why God has asked us to do this podcast mm -hmm. is because 
um, he wants stories like these to bring others hope, bring others perspective, others um, strength, mm-hmm. wisdom, and in the situations that they sit in as well. So, sure. yeah. I mean, well, it's... when somebody's going through a really, really tough time in their life, I think it's beholden on all of us to put our own issues aside and try to help them. And here's why I say what I do. I can't imagine walking in her shoes, even though I walk next to her every day. But I do know one thing. If I would have left, I mean, I slept in that hospital chair for 20 days, for God's sakes. I would do it all over again. I absolutely would. Because when you don't have... um, friends or family to come see us. We as humans, we're, we're, we, we feed off of energy from other people, from our friends. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have that and you're in your desperate, desperate time of need, yeah. you know, that's tough. Again, we need people. That's tough. Yeah. So if you can be there for somebody else, for your friends, neighbors, coworkers, whatever, take yes. the time. Absolutely. I love that message. Beautiful. I uh, I couldn't agree with you more. No. Things have gotten kind of selfish in the world, and uh, that's a good message because it leaves you knowing that you did everything that you could, and you impacted her life in a positive way till the to the very end, right? So. That's just a good message. We thank you, Merle. It's a message. It's a message to me. Like I sit here and think it's a message about God's love reflected God in that moment. You carried the father's heart. You do what you have to do. I mean. Yeah. That's putting it modestly. It's a tough situation. Yeah. Yeah. Tough situation. But um, yeah. Yeah, All so right. Well, no, you we guys do, are the best. I mean, we do God want to have you on for another story <laughs> on a different episode because you have so many great ones. We could probably have like 10 episodes of Merle <laughs> right. at minimum. Hey, I'll, I'm around. We have I'm to around. talk when you into it. When though, you're right? back in town. <laughs> <laughs> when you're back in town, we'll do another episode or whatever you want all to do. Right. It's all good. Yes. It's all good. Yeah, it's, I love hearing about your adventures and all yes. the things that you guys are doing, and I think it's great. <laughs> well, it's so much fun hanging out with you, but it's also dangerous because we sit down with you and it turns into like hours and hours and hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the thing is, it. when you're back, you only live a mile from here or two, right. or I don't yeah. know, whatever. So you don't have far to go home or you <laughs> can always stay here. But when yeah. I hang out, we don't get much sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so but we'll have to, we'll come back and um, hang out and get another one. But yeah, yeah. yeah. anytime. So anytime. Well, thank you, Merle. And um, we've had, um, a really great episode and we're so grateful for all you listeners out there for our rad roadies that constantly listen in every week and we just hope that you'll share this story with your friends and that you subscribe and we get more followers we're just really wanting to spread stories like this it's god's love right it's just really good stories yeah amazing yeah we got a few more days off and then we're back on the road So we'll see you on the road. See you next week.